So we, this morning, are continuing our series on family matters. So last week, if you weren't around, Hannington kicked us off. Um, and if you missed that, you can catch up online. Um, so over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring things such as parenting, singleness, and marriage. Nice, simple topics for us to explore together. Um, but I know it's going to be really helpful um, as we do that. Um, but before we start this morning, I'm really excited to tell you about one thing we're going to be doing alongside that, and that is um, a family breakfast, okay? So who doesn't like a bit of breakfast? You know, it's a good way to start the day. Uh, but on Saturday, the 23rd of November, um, we're going to be uh, bringing a whole bunch of people together. Um, so you're welcome to come and join us. We believe families are just so incredibly important. Um, they have the power to impact society um, in such a positive way. So what we're going to do on that morning is we're going to start by sharing breakfast together as families. There'll be coffee, juice, tea, cereal toast, and bacon butties. You can't go wrong with a bit of bacon in the morning. Um, and after that, you know, the kids will be going off to explore God's plans for their families, uh, whilst parents grab another coffee and gather for an interactive parents' forum. And they'll be discussing things like sharing faith as a family, technology, and rest. Um, and it'll be just a great opportunity to kind of share experiences and draw on each other's wisdom, because there's so much shared wisdom. We all do things in different ways, and we can all learn from each other in that. So if you are bringing up children from toddlers to teenagers, you're so welcome to join us. Um, there'll be kids groups running for ages uh, 1 to 11. Um, we didn't think there was much point in running, running anything above that age group on a Saturday morning because they'll all be in bed anyway. So um, places can be booked online um, that, but are limited, so you just need to sign up soon. They're just £1, amazing value for a bacon breakfast. It's going to be such an awesome time. And I'm, you know, we're just really excited about what God is going to do um, on that morning and beyond as well. So family matters. You know, whether functional or dysfunctional, loving or neglectful, present or absent, near or far. You know, whether we like it or not, we are all part of some kind of family. And families come in all shapes and sizes. But you know, whatever our nuclear family is like, the church is family. This, this morning, is family. So the people you sat with today, the people you drank coffee with, the people your kids are hanging out with, this is family together. And we're part of a wider family too in the UK. We're part of vineyard churches in the UK and Ireland, and there are 120 different churches um, that we are part of in uh, their families. We connect with other churches in the local areas. Um, and there's the global church itself. That's 2.2 billion strong. That is a big family. Now, part of being a healthy family is actually looking out for each other, supporting, encouraging, and helping one another through the good times. And it's really important that we celebrate the good times, and sometimes we don't do that enough, but also the hard times as well. And that's really a family that cares. So 2,000 years ago, the church started out really as 12 people in a room. Then as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they started meeting in each other's homes and in the temple courts, and many were added to their number. So the church grew rapidly, transforming cities, nations, and continents as they tried to do all that Jesus had taught them. But at the very heart of who they were and what they did was this idea of being a family that cared. You know, we read in Acts 2 that the, these believers were together and had everything in common. 
They sold property and possessions in order to give to anyone who had need. They looked out for each other and also for those in need within their community. They were a family who cared for each other. And as the church grew rapidly, it remained at the heart of their DNA. You know, as Paul, as the early church planter, author, and leader, as he went out to plant churches, he was given one instruction, to continue to remember the poor, the very thing I've been eager to do all along. You know, he's not given instructions about how the church operates, about whether to serve donuts or sit in pews or church or seats. But one thing, to remember the poor, to remember and care for those that were around them. But you know, this priority of remembering the poor, of caring for those in need, actually goes back a whole lot further. In fact, it's just part of God's heart for this world. And so this morning, we're going to look at um, a passage in the Bible um, from Isaiah, one of the prophets. He spoke about 700 years even before Jesus was born. And in this passage, he shares some of God's heart for the world that he created and how we should all be looking out for one another. So we're going to read from Isaiah 58 in just a moment, um, but I just would love to pray for us. Lord, we thank you so much for your word, the Bible. We thank you for the truths that are in there. And I want to ask that for each of us, we would hear the things from that passage that you long for us to hear and to understand this day. We ask that in the name of Jesus. I'm going to read um, from uh, verse 1 um, through to verse 12 this morning. Um, and, you know, in my, in, in, the, in my Bible, it's entitled True Fasting, okay? In other Bibles, it might say things like true religion, um, but this is what God is looking for, okay? So, this is God speaking through Isaiah. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if, as if they were a nation that does what is right, and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions, and seem eager for God to come near to them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, 
And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. I love this passage. There's so much in there. I could be talking for a month, but I'm only going to focus on two specific things this morning. You'll be pleased to know. The first is, is God's heart for his people and also our own human nature. So I'm going to share a few thoughts, and then Hannah is going to come up and join me in a few minutes and share some things around storehouse and how we can all be part of a family that cares, especially as we get ever closer to Christmas. And I hope what we share is helpful. So in the first few verses of this passage, we see that the people are fed up with God. You notice that? Why, why were they upset? You know, we read in those first verses that they had been seeking God, they'd been wanting to know his ways, and were eager for God to come near them. But seemingly, God has ignored them. They even begin fasting and humbling themselves before God, and he still doesn't seem to have noticed them. Perhaps you feel like that this morning. Maybe you've been seeking God, wanting to know that he is there as you struggle through another day, or as you feel unfulfilled and in your job or in your life and just want to know what to do next in your life. Maybe you feel upset and disappointment with God. Now, if you feel that way, you're in really good company. King David, the most famous um, king in Israel's history, a man after God's own heart, he wrote psalm after psalm expressing his disappointment and his anger often with God. You know, it's okay to express our disappointment. If you're struggling this morning, I want to share these words from the author, um, Philip Yancey, which I've just found really helpful. He says this, We tend to think life should be fair because God is fair, but God is not life. And if I confuse God with the physical reality of life by expecting constant good health, for example, then I set myself up for crashing disappointment. You know, I often talk to people who feel like God is absent in their troubles. So if, you, if you're feeling like that today, what might you do? Well, if we go back to what the people of Israel were doing, were doing, they were doing some really good things. We read that they were seeking God. They were seeking to learn God's ways, asking for him to come near. They were trying to humble themselves and fast and pray. So if those are good things... We can come back to whether they, God heard them or not in a moment. How do we go about doing some of those things? The first thing, learning God's ways. One of the things I just really want to encourage you is just, you know, engaging with the Bible daily. You know, there are so many ways that we can do that. We can do that on, in paper form. We can do that through apps, through listening to the Bible, through YouTube, through listening to talks or to podcasts. And I just want to throw out a challenge to you today. I wonder whether you could take five minutes every single day, if you're struggling in this area, to read the Bible, to open up the Bible, maybe start at one of the, the Gospels like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, 
and just have a read for five minutes and just see what happens. And in fact, why don't you come back and tell me how you got on in a week's time and see what that challenge did to you. Now, if you're someone who does that already, then why not read for five minutes more? Why don't you listen for five minutes more and just see what difference it might make to your life? Second thing, seeking God. You know, we all find different things helpful, don't we? You know, coming together to worship together, to sing together is a really wonderful thing. But for some of us, maybe going out for a walk in nature and just seeing the beauty that God has created around us helps us to seek and to see God in those times and in those moments. How about listening to some worship music or listening to a talk as you as you walk or as you drive around? You know, we all wear headphones at different times. So many people seem to walk around with headphones these days. Why not put something that's going to really help you and, and uh, really help you to seek God in the every day of your life? The third thing, humbling ourselves, fasting and praying. You know, fasting is a really good thing to do in, and slowing down. In today's high-speed culture, so many things can distract us. So it's important we take these opportunities to slow down. You can fast from food. I would recommend you check with your doctor that that's a sensible thing to do first. But you can equally fast from your phone or social media so you can actually slow down, become more present and become more aware of God's presence around you as you go about your day. Humble yourself. You know, remember, do things that help you to remember that he is God and you are not. So a week ago, we were up in a plane, and every time I go up in a plane, I like to look down on what people are doing down, down below. And it helps me to remember how small and insignificant and feeble we all are. You know, you may not be going up in a plane every week, but climb up a hill. There may not be many of those around here, but see, what, see if you can find a hill, climb up it, and just have a look down at people, and just see how small and insignificant we seem. And praying. Start each day by praying. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 in there, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And that's something I strive to do. And I just urge you to go with that kind of mentality into life, giving thanks, rejoicing, and praying continually, talking, conversing with God. But you'll notice that the people of Israel have done all those things. And yet they still feel like God is ignoring them. And I think the reason for that is what is much more significant than doing all these things is our motives, our hearts behind them. So God explains through Isaiah what bad fasting or religion looks like. Why perhaps God hadn't been listening to their public displays of religion. And, and you know, it, it talks about um, signs of, you know, there's a few different signs that we see in here of them not perhaps living up to their faith, to their, to their religion here. So verse 3, they were exploiting workers. Verse 4, they were quarreling with each other, sometimes leading to physical confrontation. And you might have experienced that just trying to get your family out the door this morning. And in verse 5, we see that they were pretty much just showing up on their Sabbath, humbling themselves before God, but not allowing the rest of their week or their lives to demonstrate any kind of love to other people. You know, God cares about what we do throughout our whole week and not just on a Sunday. If our fasting, if our faith, our religion doesn't change us or impact the whole of our lives, then I don't think we can truly expect God to hear us. 
You know, God is looking for something far more authentic, that we actually practice what we preach. God loves it when we come together on a Sunday to worship, to listen to a talk from the Bible, and then go home. But our faith in Jesus, true religion, should impact the whole of our lives. It doesn't stop when we walk out of here on a Sunday. In fact, it should begin when we walk out into our homes and our workplaces and our streets as we see the brokenness around us and begin to see what we can actually do about it. So what, God, what does God long to see? Verse 7, he causes people to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke, to share our food with the hungry, to provide shelter, to clothe them, to not turn away our own flesh and blood. Do you notice that language there? That's the language of family, our own flesh and blood. So what does that mean for us today in West London 3,000 years later? You know, as a church family, we want people in our community and beyond to know that there is a God who loves them. You know, it's part of our vision statement. It's part of who we are. We long for everyone to know and to understand and to experience the compassionate heart of God. So we reach out to those on the fringes, the hurting, the broken, and the needy. We express the love of God to those that society ignores because of the kindness and mercy that God has shown to us. So just as we ourselves have, have received, so we give. We love the last, the lost, and the least. We befriend the lonely and the elderly, and we feed the hungry. We make outsiders and outcasts feel safe and wanted. We find shelter for the homeless. We care for the weak and for the broken as we stop and we see the need around us in our streets, in our communities, in the world that we live in. But you know, it's not just seeing what's broken, it's doing something about it. That is being a family that cares. You know, it's what Jesus himself did. Jesus didn't spend much time with the influential. You know, he was there with the, those last, the lost, and the least. And he was frequently criticized for doing that. You know, this isn't as simply because there's such a great need in our society, but because that's always been who we are as the church, as Vineyard Churches, as Riverside Vineyard Church here in Salisbury today. You know, our desire, fueled by the love and the compassion of God, is to go to the last, the lost, the sick, the outcast, the poor, with the love and compassion and mercy of Jesus. And the more we do this, the more the Lord loves it and he blesses it. So what is the impact of that? You know, I think there's an impact for us personally. In verse 11, he says he will guide, satisfy, and strengthen and if I read it correctly, aren't those the very things that the people of Israel were after in the first place? When we are following God's heart, God will guide us. He will be a guide up to our feet. In a world that can't get any kind of satisfaction, God will satisfy. And he will strengthen us. In fact, when we are weak, when we truly recognize how weak and feeble we are, that's when God's strength is perfectly and secondly, it will impact our community. Verse 12. Verse 12 talks about rebuilding ruins, raising up age-old foundations. 
repairing broken walls and restoring streets with dwellings. Our cities, our homes and our families. And that is what we long to see. You know, there are things in all of our communities that are broken. There are people who are hurting, people who need to know the love of God. And as our hearts are turned towards Him, as we allow God to set the oppressed free, to share our food, provide shelter, when we clothe those with no clothes, as we don't turn away our own flesh and blood, we will begin to see that kind of change in our communities. As God Himself rebuilds, raises up, restores, and renews our families, our streets, and our communities. Now, we want to spend a little bit of time now talking about some of the things going on in the whole area of compassion at Riverside. So, Hannah's going to come up. I'm going to swap microphones um, because I can't hold this in place. And it looks odd on my nose, doesn't it? So, let's be honest. Suitable juncture. Wonderful. So, Hannah, for those of you that don't know, Hannah looks after our storehouse ministry. She looks after compassion at Riverside Vineyard. Um, and I just have a huge pleasure of working with her and kind of, and, and uh, you know, even though she's a little bit shorter than some of us, <laughs> I'm struggling to get up on the stool. She's brilliant and has such a passion for all that, you know, God is doing um, in this whole area. So, um, Hannah, I know that this passage, I, I, I chose this passage and then you kind of like, were like, well, this is, this is my heart for, for what we do here at Riverside. So do, do you want to share a little bit about why, you, why it's so significant to you? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, when I first started um, years ago overseeing the storehouse, I met so many people who shared this, this passage with me just as uh, I journeyed to one. And it talked about a whole individual of people and it just broke my heart. And I just thought, how can I do that here at Riverside? And I believe that we can do that one life at a time. Um, and so that's what we do um, as part of the storehouse. We long to see our communities we want to eradicate poverty. You know, that's our dream. That, that's what we want to see. We want to see families restored. We want to see um, people uh, with, with uh, food on the table. You know, but they don't have to be um, in the storehouse. We would love to see the storehouse not just this because people are in a wheelchair place. And so for that's my heart and that's the heart of our team. And so we place such high value on spending time with our clients. You know, we, that's why we do this workshop. That's why we sit down. That's why we talk to them because we know that we have a God who is uh, a miracle maker, you know, who is, is um, a promise keeper, and he can change their lives. Um, and so that's why it's so important to us. And, you know, we want to invite them into this story. We want them to be able to be a part of rebuilding the cities um, in their communities. Fantastic. Hannah, thank you. So, um, so back in May, I want to take you back to those water warmer climbs of, uh, of May, um, where, you know, we're probably all in shorts and on Vision Sunday, um, we started a series called Open Hands. Um, and as part of that, we talked about some of the work that we're looking to do within Storehouse. Um, can you just tell us, uh, update us a little bit about how that's going, Hannah? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this, this whole Open Hands series, it, it's been a dream. It was something we started dreaming about a long time ago because we want to provide space. Uh, we are, are really to provide um, a, a, a shop space for our food area and our clothes area. So when our clients come, they can choose, they have a choice. They can go and choose what food they want to feed their family, what cereal they're going to make. Um, and so they're able to, to choose 
that and everything. And I really, sort of took it really normal way. You know, sort of go around the shop and put some food on the shelf um, and wear clothes with the hashtag bling um, for them to have a really, really um, great experience. And so um, where we're at at the moment is um, as part of that, we were going to um, change the windows in the Yonkers Yard Elite area. That's been done. They look great. Um, our office, our new warehouse office, which is built, you're seeing here, that's where our new office is. And this whole area here, uh, where it says storehouse, is the area that we're going to develop. Um, it's starting uh, hopefully just before Christmas, um, and we aim to be done uh, by the end of April. And we can't wait uh, to show you that and, and to kind of be able to have a look around that um, area. Fantastic. And I think if you, if you uh, flick onto the next slide, you can see the office that's been built there. So oh one, yeah, maybe exactly. one more. This is kind of the our photo. mock-up afternoon. There we ah, go. There it is. So yeah. you can see the office on the left there, the toy room on the right, and the area behind that. We're going to be knocking down some walls, and um, we're going to be opening up that space, and that's going to be an amazing space for people to come into, and just to just to be able to have that sense of choice that we all, that many of us just take for granted. Um, but it's going to be such an incredible yeah. blessing to our clients that we're able to serve them and to love yeah. and to bless them and to, to more than anything to really honour them. Yeah. We started it a few years ago actually with our toy area, I should say actually, because that well, that has just transformed um, the experience that our clients have been able to come in and, and it's a really lovely, lovely space. Um, and we always get a crowd when people come and visit us and when clients come and visit us. Um, so this is just more, we know we've got this always more and we want to develop that. Um, and we're just tapping in to what he, he and we feel and believe that he can lead us to. And you guys are part of that. And so we're so grateful for all the people we've been able to help. Um, I'm looking around the room and I can see a whole bunch of, bunch of people that are involved in, in the running of Storehouse. Yeah. There are three one three volunteers, don't yeah, we? So, so actually, if, if, you, if you are involved in any way, whether in Storehouse, in, in the drop-in that we run on a Thursday, um, or you're part of the allotment team, can you just raise your hand where you are? Keep your hands raised. That's a whole bunch of you that are involved in blessing and honouring and supporting the lives of others. So keep your hands up. We would love to just pray for you and thank you for all that you do. So if you're sat around any of these guys, can you just reach out a hand? Because um, we would love to honour these guys and to, to we're just so grateful for what they do. But Lord, I thank you um, so much for the heart of compassion uh, that you have placed inside these people. And, and dangerously, I want to ask that you would help that to grow. Lord, I want to ask that you would um, help uh, these guys to just be carriers of your compassion um, into, their, into this church family, um, but into the communities that they're part of as well. We, we want to pray that through these people here, that we would see lives changed and transformed, one at a time, like Hannah said, that we would see people's lives turned around for you, Jesus. Um, and, it, and it may feel insignificant, the thing that you're doing, but that is so not the case. You know, ev every food item that is moved, every client that is served, every aubergine that is grown in the allotment, that is bringing your kingdom here on earth, Lord. And we ask for more of that. We ask for more. So, Lord, we bless these guys. We thank you for them. And we would ask that you continue to grow and to stir what you are doing in them. In the name of Jesus. Guys, thank you for all that you do. But, but there, I'm sure there's ways that we, the rest of us can get involved as well. Do you want to tell us a bit about that, Hannah? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, as Rob said, our team is, is run mostly on volunteers. Um, I have about 50 volunteers, which is incredible. Um, and they serve throughout the week when 
a lot more sweet and all of that. Um, if you ever come and be a part of that, I'd love for you to come and join us. We always need more. We particularly need resources. So if you think that you could fit in some clothes, we would love to resource it at the moment. So come and join us. If you can give three or four hours a month, you know, people um, on a Saturday, two and a six, for example, uh, work on a regular, say come once a month, um, or you can come and join our Thursday team. Um, Andy always says harvest is every resource at your house. So you can be involved by bringing food every week. You can pray for the food. We have a donation uh, barrel at the back that you can throw in there and you can give in that way. Um, and also we have, um, we've rolled out uh, our business barrels as well. So if you work for a business, we want to help uh, you guys help your colleagues be really compassionate. I believe that everyone wants to help. But we just need to make that really easy for them. So if you're interested in having a, a food barrel, a, a storehouse business barrel in your business, come and speak to myself or Karen at the back at the end. We'd love to tell you more about that. And it doesn't just have to be in, in a business either. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so um, my boys were talking about uh, like harvest at school. So and so they actually spoke to the headmaster and they've got we've now got a business barrel, not a business barrel, barrel. but a school barrel. Yeah. Um, in their school, which people are able to donate to. So just a really simple thing, um, but that's just really helping these kids just to engage with, with being compassionate to those around them. Fantastic. Hannah, so, so I've, I've heard a little rumour. I've heard that um, something's coming up relatively soon. Um, Christmas. Yeah. yeah. It's coming up pretty soon, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's something we can do to respond and to help yeah. people at well, Christmas. Well, Christmas is 52 days away. what we do, one of the highlights of our, our year here is um, we put on a Christmas party for all of our schoolhouse families. Um, we um, have entertainment, cake painting, um, all sorts of things going on, food, um, and we do arts and crafts with them. We have Yeti. Last year, first time we had Yeti there. Um, it's really sad that for some of those children, they have never seen real animals before, which is what I find unbelievable. But they loved it. And here at the back, you can give some money to, to go towards that. We put on a great party to provide some presents. Um, you can also go out and purchase a present uh, yourself and bring that in and you can put it in the box at the back there. Um, alternatively, we have a wish list this year, so you can uh, find that on our webpage, on our website, which is, I've got it wrong earlier now, www.unifiedvineyard.com.au and that will give you all the delivered to your address and then bring them in here on a Sunday. Um, and uh, yeah, you can be a part of it that way. But to make it happen, sorry, just got that. So how can we, you know, like use our time as well, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> seems so like you're already well. there. 
and blood. And verse 12, it says, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with graves. You get to be a part of 